Welcome back to Dial H for Heroclix. This is episode 232. I'm your host, Chris Britton. So, let's go! Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day including all the latest HeroClick singles and sealed products. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio again this week is my sexy ranch hand co-host, Calder Ness. What's going on, Calder? Howdy, howdy. Let's get rowdy. Indeed. Did something make you happy this week? That's how we normally start off the podcast. Oh, yeah. No, very much so. So as everybody knows, I went to a couple of tournaments this weekend, some WKOs, but those aren't exactly what made me happy. What made me just out the door... Socks off happy, where somebody was selling the entire venue's lot of loose hero click singles. We're talking from Arkham Asylum to like now. And I mean, I went through a few of them. I, I bought everything, and I mean everything, for $100. How many pieces Ooh. are we talking? So I've already sold like 160 pieces for roughly around like 140 bucks to Cool Stuff Inc. And like, I'm barely through one of the tubs. And I got three big storage container tubs. And then there's like four or five small like Tupperware, uh, not Tupperware, what do you, like whatever tubs, like sorting bin tubs. About the size of like a, a shoebox. There's like five shoebox like size tubs in each big green tub. It's awesome. Oh, Lord, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in you, Calder. I thought we were closer than that. <laughs> you didn't even tell me. What if you got rid of stuff already that I might have wanted? Well, I I, I know you don't like Thor as a character, and I've already went through a lot of Hammer of Thor, so... I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what made you happy, my man? Oh, uh, two things. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, are you done? Was that everything? I mean, that's Dude, pretty that's, big. I just I'm making money. I am, like, <laughs> like, the entire time... We were in a really small car, by the way, like relatively small. And they're like, why would you buy all this? We can't fit it. I made it fit. I sat in the back seat. I paid my paid my dues. You know, I was uncomfortable for like the ride, but I made it work. I'm sorting it off. I'm barely anyway. They also had like a ton of chases, by the way. Like I found a zombie Magneto, old zombie Spider-Man. I'm, I'm just thrilled. I'm making so much money. It's a lot. There's a lot of chaff separating wheat from the chaff here. Wait, okay, so why were they getting rid of all of this? It's just the store didn't want singles anymore. It's The store was still buying product, oh, but no. they just didn't want all these old singles anymore. The cynical, were, the cynical side of me says that if they don't want singles anymore, that's because singles weren't selling at that store. That doesn't seem good for the dude, community around there. Yeah. Dude, and I, I mean, there's so much gold in this, though. I've already made my money back, and I'm just doing buy orders and buy orders to cool stuff. I'm going to post, like... All the old chases, because so far I'm up to like 30 like old school chases, I think, and then a ton of modern super rares. I'm just loving it, man. It's insane. All right. Well, well, I'm glad you are happy. What made me happy this week? Two things. The first, uh, just I'm almost done with Spider-Man, the game. I, I didn't complete it. I'm like 98% complete. I intentionally didn't do the last mission because I, I was like, I, I want to do a bunch of the side missions first. But I'm, I'm going to finish it tonight. I'm pretty excited about that. Man, the storyline turned out to be so good. I feel so bad for people out there that have not had the ability to play this game. Yeah, what, what loser hasn't played Spider-Man yet? <laughs> you did. You suck. 
Yep. All right. All right. So that's one. Wait, and, and to couple that's with that, I think I'm, I'm thinking about buying the DLC tonight after we get done recording. Two. Is that, is that Harry Osborn DLC? Is that right? Or is I it... have no idea, but the rest of the game was so good, I actually want to spend money on DLC. This guy. I know. There's only been All a right. handful of games in my life I've spent money on DLC. Borderlands, Left 4 Dead, uh, Fallout. And, uh, I think That's Spider-Man's, not so bad. Yeah, I think That's Spider-Man's going to be on there. All right, second All thing. Right. This happened today. This is fresh. I bought a new car. Did you buy the car that you were looking at earlier? or? Yes, I did. It's a 2015 Jeep Patriot. Patriot America! Love I know. I, Love I, it. I've wanted a Jeep for so long. I've never been a Jeep owner. So I decided to bite the bullet and just buy one today. That's, that's awesome. So cool. I got rid of my car. You know, I never really felt like a sedan guy anyway. Is that weird to say? Like, I know there's guys out there, like... Never you know, felt like a sedan, man. Yeah, I, it wasn't me, really. I just have always had one, because I always had friends to, like, haul around, and now I don't have friends, and I was like, I just All need right. to haul around stuff. So, I'm Are like, you going to be a Jeep owner who's got, like, the, the handyman jack on the front, and, like, some kind of upside-down sticker, like, flip up or whatever? He's, like, a real stereotypical Jeep owner? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know, rip your doors excited. off. Rip those doors off, Chris. Jeeps don't need doors. Doors. You, no, no. The Patriot needs, needs doors. doors. Yeah. Some cars need doors. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> that's all I have, and what made me happy this week. So let's get awesome. into uh, the news section. in the Dial H studio, we like to bring you up-to-date information about the game of Heroclix and other nerd-related content. Calder, do you want to start us off with, I assume, is going to be a half-hour story about uh, every single piece you played and every single move you made? Yeah. <laughs> single move you made. No. So I went to a couple of WKOs this weekend. The first one was in Kansas City. Well, really, it was Independence, Missouri. Uh, it was held at, can I remember the name? Game Cafe. Yep. Pretty great place. I went down with a couple of bros, uh, me and Kevin, back at it again. I posted a few videos on Facebook. People want to go check those out. Blue for real, which is really just Kevin uh, swearing a bunch of times and ruining every time I try to do a video. Uh, that might be coming soon. I don't know. So the first day was a two-booster Battle World sealed. So I went out, paid my 30 bucks. I had, I don't want to complain about my pulls. I really don't, because... I'll tell you in a later, but the person who got second place, you'll be like, Calder, you should have done better. And yeah, I should have. So I pulled for my rares. I got an Iron Goblin, and then I got a rare Captain America. Oh my god, you should have done better. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of my team, the rest of my rares were kind of like, no, that was it for rares. The rest of my pieces, I got a Crystar, I got a Man-Thing Soldier, I got a Gunslinger. I ended up using the spider iron man and then the goblin iron man and then shifting focus common and rare captain america that was it that was my entire team that was 290 yeah just 90 points very first game i go against devin adams from happy little hero clicks awesome guy really cool dude and he he's had okay. he's not bad he's, yeah he's, he's actually pretty horrible he's a horrible per he sucks Ooh. i'm just kidding you heard it here first, folks. Uh, actually, I when you were saying that, it just reminded me of the Muppets and those old guys that always start out, you know, saying oh, something is like super great, and then just by the time they get done talking about something, it's like yeah, the yeah. most horrible thing in the world. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, so 
Very first game. He had Spiderling and Spinneret for his rares, so I'm not going to complain. Uh, but the way he was using it was really smart. So he played Thor, uh, the ultimate Thor, Thoris, Spider-Man, the Black Seed Spider-Man, Spinneret, and then Spiderling, and he also had Alex Wilder. It was a team where he was packing as much stuff on as possible. Hey, can I, but, I'm sorry, can I interject there since you it. specifically were talking about these? Uh, I did finally get to read the storyline, Renew Your Vows. With Spinneret and, and those characters from that storyline, oh my god, it was boring. I legitimately fell asleep, like multiple times. I, I had to push wow. myself to make it through. So I don't like if anybody plays those pieces. It's only because they're good pieces, not because they they loved the storyline. If you love that storyline, you you tweet in, you let me know. You're like, ah, renew your vows was amazing. It was not, but wow. To each his or her so, own. Keep going. So, so anyways, uh, yeah, it turns out having, like, four police team abilities on a team is really good, and my positioning ended up being really bad. I uh, I rolled a crit hit to kill Spider-Man, and I was angry because I'm like, ah, oh, I could have killed four. I just felt so dumb. Like, obviously, I didn't know I was going to hit a crit hit, right? But I was just, I was so mad once it, like, oh, great, I killed Spider-Man. Should have killed Ultimate Thor. Ugh, I felt bad. I, I lost that game. It was actually a pretty close game. Uh, next up, I went against Edward Shelton from the Starting Over podcast, Dark Logos himself. He also had a couple of figures. Anyways, I lost. You're going to notice a running theme here, guys. Uh, next up was Seth. Uh, he's a great guy. Not the Seth we're used to. This guy is Seth Davis, not super fan Seth Aaron. And he had Regent, and we went uh, underground. And I was like, all right, cool, so... I can hand you the win because I need a 13 against an 18. I needed a 5, and I rolled, like, a 3. And I'm like, yeah, we're done here. We're uh, we're totally done. Like, it, it's pretty funny playing against Seth because he will he'll slaughter you, and he'll, he doesn't think he's a great, like, the greatest player ever, which is great. He's a pretty humble guy. Uh, but he's a solid player, and, like, he was by all means winning this game. I never dealt any damage to regions ever this entire game. I killed his, like, Thor... And, like, Regent, he didn't even pick powers with Regent. I don't know if he didn't notice or, like, what it was, but he was just, like, just going, just killing. He would never... No, he just felt not... bad for you. That's what it was. That, I, God, I really hope that's not it. But, um... He probably saw those videos, and he's like, oh, God, Kevin never guy. lets Calder get a word in. Otherwise, he just ruins all of his videos. I feel bad for him. Let me just not pick powers, and then he still beats you. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was so rough, because you're right, 100%. He just destroyed me. He always perplexed up his defense, though. Like, even when it was, like, last turn, last action, he should have just done attack. He's still perplexed. I was like, all right, <laughs> that's awesome. So, no, yeah, it was, like, a tough game. I didn't make any attack rolls at all. I mean, every single game, I was just, boom, like, I'm here. What are you going to do about it? I just always moved up, because I'm like, I can try to play some weird hypersonic shenanigans, but one guy's got running shot, the other guy's got running shot and charge. I'm just going to have to be in your face and play aggressive. I um, I lost that game, if you didn't believe that, dealing no damage to Regent. Next up was the very last game of the day. Guy had Spider Queen, a Gunslinger, and Black Widow. Guess who lost to Spider Queen? This was guy. it you? It yeah. Was yeah. So uh, coming out of Saturday with zero wins and four losses, <laughs> dead last, complete last place, was Calderneth. Good stuff. Great stuff. I won nothing. I did end up playing a Battle Royale that day, and I actually pulled, not Spider Queen, but the other chick, whoever it was. Uh, 
no, it was Spider Queen, and I just won that battle royale. I was like, all right, cool. And I, I got a gladiator, and I was like, okay, this is pretty good. So that was the day I made a huge hero clicks purchase and spent the entire day uh, pretty much organizing it once I was beat out of the tournament. Hey, uh, person, hey, 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 Calder. Hey, oh, Calder. What's up? What's up? What do you, you uh, want to hang on to that gladiator? I don't, actually. I want to get. Huh. Oh, so fun huh. fact. What a weird thing. <laughs> I'll, you'll learn later, but I actually have. A few of those pieces once we oh, get into uh, into Sunday. God. So uh, I won Gladiator in the battle royale, and then I also got to take home a Proxima's spear and Exospecs, which is pretty great. Uh, I already sold one pair of Exospecs, so I'm keeping the other ones. Sorry, everybody. Anyways, moving on. Uh, that day was pretty much pretty all right. I just moved everything else in, and we we got it. So the second place winner, I forgot the first guy's name. I felt bad for it, but second place was. Happy Little Hero Clicks. It was Devin Adams, the guy I lost to. Uh, he pulled, like, you gotta think, who are the worst rares in the set to pull? And that's Spinneret and Spiderling. And he made it work, you know? So, by all means, congratulations to Devin. He did an awesome job. Finally, moving on to Sunday. This is like, this is the day I'm like, alright, we built another Sam Cap team. If anybody's been paying attention, the only team I've been playing since, uh, since Nationals has been Sam Cap. So we did Overdrive Sam Cap. Oh, it's not my team. Ah, that dude in the chair. Wizkid. Overdrive. <laughs> Overdrive. the same team you've been playing the whole year. It, it, it really is, though. It really is pretty much. Besides who, using who the uh, black... I play every time? Uh, no, it was different. I had uh, Carnage, Mangog, and a Tri-Sentinel. I had, like, Retaliation, actually, on this team this Did time. Did you get Mangog, Mangog to trigger? Uh, once. Nice. Yeah, and it felt bad and dirty and good all at the same time yeah. uh and then i also had shredder clone and a couple of ids basically uh first up i went up against simeon bruce this guy had three tri sentinels sheriff strange sheriff strange is pretty good against sandcap if you haven't noticed and who he had he had nightshade and then two of those green lanterns that put out barriers his basic strategy it was actually a theme team uh, his strategy was to blow up a bunch of barrier and try to do a bunch of penetrating damage with the tri sentinels he because uh, of my terrible positioning Managed to kill all three of my retaliators, uh, like second turn, which felt terrible. And that game was really like kind of a slog fest, and it came out to be kind of close. I scored 168. Uh, next up was someone playing like three Spider Men. So it was, uh, I don't know what chase it was, but it was yeah, it was the uh, guitar punk rock Spider Man. Then it was Superior Foes Spider Man, Spider Man, and then it was Robo Spider Man. And, like, he had a thing, like, oh, this isn't a meta team. I'm just going to win. Uh, I did win, but the amount of shape change and super senses rolls that he got off on me was insane. But I also got Mangog to uh, to trigger in that game, and Mangog pulled the Odin sword. And I'm like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> it felt really, it felt really good. Uh, next up. Because I was still in the down bracket, there was, and I, I really don't want to say this because then it's like on a recording, uh, but there was a little girl and uh, she had, uh, she was playing. And so, like, it feels bad, right? Because like, you kind of think like, well, I'm probably, I'm going to win. And I did win. But then like for the rest of the day, it's like, wow, you beat a little girl. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I did. Because the other option was losing to a little girl. And that would have been well, probably worse. Let's, let's turn this the other direction. Okay. Cool. Let's talk about it from the other side. She's probably a newer player if it's just a little girl, and everybody has to start somewhere. We all started somewhere, so maybe this is just her road to being really good at hero clicks in the future. Yeah, see, that's what I'm hoping for, because in that game against her, so she had 
kind of a compilation. Like she had Claire Prest, she had the Free Comic Book Day Hulk. Uh, she was playing like a Cronenstone Man and Grizzly and a few other characters. But Cronin I rolled Stone Man. Cronenstone <laughs> yeah, Man. boy. <laughs> I uh, I rolled two crit misses that game. And she's like, that really sucks for you, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does. Because like I ran, I went to um, Running Shop Wholesale with Banshee, and. I went up, rolled a crit miss, then her Clara Prast poisoned a banshee, and she hit him. And I'm like, ah, oh, feel like an idiot. It was it was pretty like gruesome, uh, but we did end up winning that game. Next up was an X Men team uh, by a listener of the podcast, Ian. Uh, what a cool guy! I forgot what his last name was. I feel bad, but he was playing an X Men team. Had shifting focus Deadpool. Had a couple of Wolverines. I had a really strong uh, opening, so like I. Went up, and I flurried, and I got both Wolverines on his team to their stock clicks, and then I sidestepped up with Shredder, and then I dealt them both one damage. And I killed two Wolverines. Like, first turn, I got 100 points. I felt really good. Uh, next turn, he killed... Who was it? He killed Shredder clone. And then he got... Uh, got that Wolverine out. So he killed Shredder clone in one turn, got rid of that Wolverine, which was pretty rough. Uh, and then, like, I just misplayed everything. Like, I messed the positioning, and Sam Cap got one shot the next turn. And then he kept, you know, moving out his call-in, so I couldn't retaliate. And, yeah, that, that game was a real slog fest. Uh, probably the, the coolest part that I had in that game was I called in Rusty to shoot into, like, I called in the 25-point Rusty with uh, WizKid to shoot into the ring, and uh, he didn't hit anybody. But I was like, how cool would it have been if I would have had that 8-attack actually like energy explode and then kill moira and um lila cheney in the ring i was like oh that'd be awesome but anyways after cut i made top eight i went against simeon again with the tri-sentinel team uh this time i played it completely differently i spread out my colossals i used my tri-sentinel to destroy as much blocking terrain around my team as possible and then I, i'm gonna be honest it kind of came down to one rule in my opinion so i had Went up and I killed Nightshade. Got rid of her right away. She was being able to teleport Colossus across the map. Didn't want to have to deal with any of that. I used my Tri-Sentinel to get rid of his Tri-Sentinel. You know, I used one... You know, I used, I don't know, like Wolverine or something to get rid of a few people. I never killed uh, Sheriff Strange this game. I think, for some reason, I was just like, gung-ho, gotta get rid of Sheriff Strange the first game. Instead, I was taking out Nightshade and then I took out uh, some Retaliation. And in the end, I totally missed the sidestep. But... Uh, Overdrive had already taken damage in this game, and he shot my charged up. And basically, it came down to the fact if I rolled like a 6 when Overdrive popped out, or if I rolled like a 1, you know, below that 3 up or 3 down. It's like, if Overdrive dies, then I can't get to his team. And then that's 35 points that he scores. To be fair, Sam Cap, uh, I want to keep saying initiative because he has the keyword, but uh, Wizard's Kid and Shredder Clone were all still alive, as well as all the Collins ever called him. So really, I'd still be up on points, but then I wouldn't be able to move with Sam Cap and everybody. Uh, but like, I still think that was that was like a very important part was not hitting uh, a low number and then being able to use Overdrive to carry out everybody and make call-ins, uh, even if they didn't. So after I did that, then I made top four, uh, which is when I got an extra Gladiator and a Hussar and a Manta. So I've got everybody now, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't need anybody, so by all means. Take them off my hands, folks. I also have an extra Proxima staff. It's crazy. So, top... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Calder. Christmas is coming up. I'm just hey. saying. Oh, jeez, dude. These are really, like, kind of expensive. Thank you. 
No, don't, don't do that. I did, however, while I'm speaking of that. I already got your Christmas present. Oh, no! <laughs> That's too nice. Now you're, you're going to have to feel guilty for like nah, the I'm indebted. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, no, so I went up against superhero, superfan, whatever he wants to be called, Lucas Van Holland in the top four matchup. So his team's really, really kind of dirty uh, for, for overdrive here. He chose the Iceberg Lounge, the Penguin Lounge, and he gets to put out, like, bystanders. He gets to put out some puffins, and he gets to put out, like, a penguin and, like, a seal and stuff like that. By the way, I had to Google puffins afterwards because I I was thinking so hard during that entire game. Like, what, what does a puffin look like? I couldn't even – the entire game – I think that's why I lost because I was stuck thinking about what a puffin looked like. Turns out it's like a penguin but with, like, a bigger beak in a yeah. weird – like a yeah, toucan. it's its own type of bird, but it does look similar. It's so weird. It's Yeah, it's like Toucan Sam and some penguins. It's got some weird <laughs> babies. I don't know. But, like, that threw me off. I'm like, ah, what's a, pu- a puffin? A puffin? Anyways, I lost. Uh, it was pretty bad. He dropped the tank on me uh, with Green Arrow. He had Green Arrow, Batgirl, two penguins, starter set penguin, and the uh, super rare penguin. So he was throwing penguins my way. I couldn't get to him because... He had used the puffins and the penguins and the seals as a bit of a barrier. So vehicles can't move past characters like the flight ability. You know, they have to stop when adjacent. Which uh, is which dumb. Was, which is dumb. Like, I was saying the entire time, like, Overdrive's got no no kahunas, buddy. If I was driving this, I would be running over every single one of those penguins and puffins. I would be ruthless. I would be mowing them down. Like, I know the ram ability exists, but come on. Like... I, I don't want to see it like taken like so you know oh. in like animation or in comic books there's multiple ways to indicate that a vehicle or someone is moving really fast so there's like the blur effect of the vehicle or like really right. straight lines behind it to show that it's you know traveling or even puffs of cloud smoke and dust or something getting kicked up yeah yeah every uh, comic with like ever- overdrive I've ever read shows him just driving really fast right past people so i don't know why vehicles can't just drive can't past stop people. it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me so between that the elevated terrain with no stairs on my side of the map which uh yeah that was also even if i had shows with stairs on my side then i would be stuck on the elevated so it's still really a tough map and then he had the wonder woman invisible jet blocking the other side with another freaking puffin in that one square, because, oh, I hate it. So, yeah, I, I totally, I think I misplayed it. I probably should have went all the way over to the other side, and then gotten the puffin, and then tried to, I don't know, base somebody or something with the tri-sentinel. I, I think I used the tri-sentinel wrong. I think I, there's a spot of blocking. I should have just totally cleared that out with the tri-sentinel, and then moved up with the rest of my team. The only bad thing is, I would have been out of actions, right? So, if I move up with the tri-sentinel, that's an action. And then if I power action to make the bystander or, like, get inside overdrive and then move and then Sam cap power action and then call in and the call in to do something, that would have been five actions. So I would have had to get overdrive in the thing and then next turn move the tri-sentinel, clear it out. But I was already open for a tank attack, which really sucked. And uh, the tank, you know, separates your team. And I, it was like a rough game, but it was the most fun I had playing that entire day. So it was great. I ended up being, like, fourth. Or something like that, uh, and I really, I really liked the team. I really did. I used almost all the call-ins. 
even if they weren't super effective the entire time. Uh, although I want to give a shout out to a top eight team that had the Starhawk from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the uh, 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I'm glad no one caught that. That was hilarious. Uh, so a top eight, just so everybody knows, uh, Starhawk from 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy is the new meta for uh, 2018. Pretty impressed. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, clearly people were paying attention. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, so, also, uh, Devin is the, was the host of that event. He was the judge. He was putting it on. He had completely lost his voice the day before. It was gone. It was terrible. So well, You didn't play against the Starhawk team, did you? I did not play against the uh, Starhawk team. Would you no. have caught it? I, I, I hope I would have. I bought so much Guardians of the Galaxy, it's burned into my mind. Yeah. It's like sitting down across the table from, like, a Despotelis. <laughs> it's like, no, wait a second. Wait, I don't, what? Uh, I don't quite think... <laughs> I don't think that's right. Uh, okay. All right. Well, at least you did better the second day than you did the first. I was, yeah. Like, so after I'd won two games, someone's like, hey, your score for the weekend is two and six. I'm like, get out of here. Whatever, dude. Yeah. So like going in top four, I was, I was two and six for the weekend, which, eh, whatever. You know, sometimes sealed, you know, I got second place at a sealed once, right? So I can't feel terrible and then get last place at another sealed. Like, it's just kind of. What's throwing me off, you know? I'm, I'm going to need you to start winning, though, so people will want to listen to you tell stories about how you won. I got fourth place. I got a gladiator. I like. <laughs> so I want to just want to be clear. Like, glory and fame is great, but this weekend was a riches weekend. I made a great hero clicks purchase. I got a bunch of LEs and stuff that I can sell. Like, I mean, I'm already up on money. I feel pretty good about it. All right. Like, Fair yeah. enough. I'm glad you had fun. And, and I had a good time. And I had a good time. Just... I mean, you always have fun at these things. That's why oh, you go to so many of them. Exactly. You know, I was telling uh, Jaylene about how you go to so many cons, and she's like, man, he's really living up his youth, huh? And I was like, quit making us seem old. I don't Jeez. go as much stuff as you go to. He's an old man. I'm trying to tell it how it is. We got bills when to I pay. Was apparently cars to buy. <laughs> All right. Is that everything? Oh, that's it. And the listener's like, oh, we had to listen to freaking Calder talk for Lord knows how long. That's okay. I'll take over. Woo! We're going to move into the nerd-related content of the show. We've got two articles. We will link those in the podcast show notes for you to read at your leisure. Actually, give these people clicks so they don't try to sue me for using <laughs> their content. That would be great. Um, Denofgeek.com brought us information about Season 3 of Young Justice. I'm genuinely excited about this um i i really did i really love young justice jaylene got me hooked on it and for some reason she has a crush on uh aqualad or aqua boy uh, probably because his name is so great because it's calder yeah she it really is. likes him so i don't want to spoil anything from the actual show if people out there have not seen it but there was like one major point where she was like oh no no like audibly yelling in the house about I feel Aqualad. like I know what point that is. And 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 then it was it was it was rectified. So it, it's all good. But anyway, season 3 is coming out. I'm going to read a little bit from this article real quick. Um Young Justice animated series was canceled after two seasons back in 2013. Um but they're going to come back with season 3. It's going to be called Young Justice Outsiders. So Ooh. who's to say what that could mean? Um, Sam Register, 
president of Warner Bros. Animation and Warner Digital Series, said, The affection that fans have had for Young Justice and their rallying cry for more episodes has always resonated with us. We are excited to bring the show back for this loyal fan base and to provide an opportunity for new viewers to discover this excellent series. I love how he touts his own series as excellent. Just putting that out there. I thought that was funny. Anyway, uh, he said that, or actually a different person, a couple of different people, producers of it, said it will season three will be 26 episodes this time around. Um, it is going to drop January 4th, so that is going to be a great way to start out the new year. And you're asking, but where do I go and watch this? It's it's the DC Universe uh, that you have to subscribe to, so that's like pretty pretty bad. Yeah, that that's not super great if you are not the type of person that wants to subscribe to a new subscription service. But if you really loved Young Justice, uh, this might be a reason to jump on. So you were a big fan of Young Justice. I actually I really loved Young Justice. I loved it as a show like a lot. You know, when DC does stuff, like, really, really great, I will always give them credit for. Like, they, their animated universes are just always so good. And Young Justice was just so exceptionally done. So, really looking forward to that. It's going to be great. I know it is. I don't even have to worry about it. And I guess we will see in the future. Uh, we got another article. This one is from comicbook.com. Sony reveals two new Marvel movie release dates. If you didn't know... Sony's going full-blown into what I think they're calling the Venomverse. I don't know if that's an official title. Oh, also, man. Also called the, quote, Sony Universe of Marvel characters, end quote. So not really sure what it's called, but it's really interesting to me that they're going full-blown into all of Spider-Man's rogue gallery without actually touching Spider-Man <laughs> half the time. Um, so Spider-Man, obviously, is premiering a lot and mostly dealing with the mcu proper that's what i'm going to call it for right now with like the avengers and stuff like that and they've kind of claimed him and although he does exist in the same universe as venom if you did watch the venom movie it had nothing to do with any of the rest of the mcu in any impactful way so I guess what they're doing is just really focusing on the rogues gallery and trying to build their own little microcosm universe inside of the bigger MCU, just like Netflix did with the Defenders. Uh, so as far as this goes, this article we've got, it says Sony has continued to expand its universe in the wake of Venom's success, and they have re released two new release dates for two unnamed marvel movies uh, july 10th of 2020 and october 2nd of 2020 now it's a bit of a ways away but based off of kind of the information that we've been reading up on and stuff that i know about what's going on we have a pretty good guess as to what these two movies are even though they're technically unnamed at this time so the first one is a quote non-sequel I'm pretty what? sure they said, yeah, they said it's a non-sequel, which hints, well, not, it's just blatantly saying that the second one's a sequel. So Interesting, 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 interesting. Yeah, so the first one is most likely going to be Morbius. How do you feel about that? I like Morbius the Vampire, so I guess I'm okay with it. You know, he had a run in the comics, it was like 19 issues or something like that. It was so good. It really painted him as this 
anti-hero really struggling that it made you feel for Morbius. So I totally, yeah, I really like got a new respect for Morbius. Really cool character. So this could be a really good movie. Uh, The second one is a sequel, which means it's Venom 2. I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with it. So, yeah, Venom Venom did really, really well, especially in China. It's pretty all right. I enjoyed it. Well, interesting that China would like Venom so much. Okay. It actually did a bigger box office than than, uh, Spider-Man did. What? Okay. So that was really interesting to me. And, yeah, so I guess we're going to wait until 2020 for probably a Morbius. If it's not Morbius, there is talks that it might be a Craven the Hunter movie. I'm also on board for that. I love Craven the Hunter. I think he's one of the Spider-Man villains who totally can stand by himself without Spider-Man. Like, I, I really like Craven. He's so interesting. And then, like, when he got his it's – not, it's not a mutation. It was, like, experimentation in the comics, and he started going, like – turning into uh, some kind of cat man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was I really missed hard that to... part. Okay. It happened, but it was really cool. So I'll see if I can find more information on that. So it doesn't sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about. I read this years ago. I think I read this back in 2013, 2012 or something like that. So hmm. it's been a while, but it was really good stuff. Uh, so Morbius or Craven the Hunter, but probably most likely going to be Venom 2. Uh, really looking forward to all of that. I think it's going to be great. Um, it really is a time to be alive if you are just into re- comic book character movies and TV shows and things like that. There's always stuff coming out. We haven't even touched base on, like, all of what's going on in the Arrowverse with the Elseworlds storylines and stuff like that. Mostly because I don't have CW, so I can't watch the stuff. If I could watch the stuff, I would be talking about it. But I'll get there eventually, probably when it hits like Netflix or something. But that's that. Uh, anything else you want to say about any cinematic universes? Uh, no, I'm just like, I'm on board. I mean, I think, was it, 2020? October 2nd is when the Venom 2 is going to come. That's enough time to start making a movie and filming and cutting at it. I mean, Venom wasn't a... It had some heavy CGI, but it wasn't exactly the most crisp stuff in the world. So I think uh, two-ish years is more than enough time for them to uh, to get a good Venom movie kind of out. Well, uh, they do mention in this article that since the templates for the CGI are already made for Venom. Oh, the right. Visu- the the visuals, got... they just need to tweak them a little bit more from what they were to make them like super clear, super crisp. Like, I, um, I didn't think Venom was bad. That, no, Venom looks great, and pretty much Carnage is going to be a way skinny version of Venom, right? Like, just kind of a lankier one, as opposed to, uh, what was it, Riot? It was just like a swolled-out, massive version of Venom, so it's it's pretty easy, I think, to, uh, yeah, he definitely to kind of lifted. take those. Oh, dude, he did. He, he, <laughs> he, might, he, might, uh, he might have been doing some under-the-table juicing, I'm not going to say. Was he juicing? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Any any guy that size. He was, he was like, like injecting Maddie. smaller symbiotes into his arms? That, that could be it. He is two-ish colors. Like, he's kind of this mm. ish black. I think we solved the crime, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we do have a bunch to look forward to before 2020. We've got Aquaman, we've got Captain Marvel, we've got the new uh, next Avenger movie, so we've got plenty of stuff 
to keep us on hold for 2020, but we'll probably update that when we get to it. Let's move on. Uh, let's talk to you guys about how Dial H works off the value for value model. Our goal is to entertain you guys and gals. So if you feel like we give you value in your life, you know, like bringing you up to date information about hero clicks and other nerd related content consider showing us your love and leveling up your heroic ranks so you can earn your heroic titles like citizen vigilante protagonist uh and don't forget that your names and titles appear in the show notes of every episode for the months that you contribute to the podcast as you are producers of the podcast we really appreciate it so uh whatever you feel helps you get you through the week maybe maybe for as low as a cup of coffee a month on patreon a dollar a month help us Pay for the podcast. What's the hero clicks? What's a what's anyway, a podcast? What's a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's let's go hunting for a hidden gem. Oh man! But wait! Wow! That looks like a diamond. Introducing the first ever, brought to you by an actual citizen, Citizen Eric Caves, brought us this week's hidden gem. It's more of what we've now affectionately called Fool's Gold. So he sent this, like, a ridiculously long email. It took me multiple sittings because I have the attention span of, like, a newt in order to get through it. But it was – it's a, a fantastic email. We appreciate it, Mr. Caves. Let's talk about a combination of two two characters. A character I know that I've talked about on this podcast multiple times in the past since, since you know, I've been on this podcast for over two years now. Holy crap. He's this guy. Ugh. Okay, anyway, but seriously – this is an amazing character. I love it. You know I love the set. I've mentioned it multiple times. Let's go back to Bioshock Infinite. A wonderful man that What's in the... no way, shape, or form reflected what he did in the actual game. I don't know who designed this dial, but the dial's amazing. The game, I don't know what this was. Like the accuracy? Yeah, it was not, it was not accurate. But the piece is amazing. So let's talk about 13, Slate. Slate is a man. His name is Slate. <laughs> yeah. He's 75 points, no team affiliation. There are Bioshock Infinite-specific team affiliations, uh, and some of them are pretty cool. I'm not going to go into the keywords. I'm, it's not really that important. Here's what you need to know about he this He has figure. Founders keyword, Chris, and the ever-popular Vox keyword. How dare you? Mm, yeah, actually, you know what? Eric said that... Uh, it's a soldier theme team. Okay. That's, that's what he was using it on, so this might be useful. He, he does have the monster keyword as well, but the other piece that I'm going to talk about does not have the monster keyword. So if you are trying to put him onto a theme team, it's just going to be soldier. All right. He's got a trait called We Honor Our Fallen. Slate can use poison each time a friendly character is KO'd. Slate may immediately be placed in a square that character occupies when they were removed from the game. So that's pretty cool. I've actually gotten that to trigger multiple times. However, you have to be really careful about that because if you're not paying attention to where you just plopped your piece because you get wrapped up in the, oh, I can't believe this triggered. Where can I put my piece? And you just pick him up and move him. Then you just may have put yourself into a kill box by accident. So don't do that. Pay attention. Here's why you care about this character. He does have willpower, top dial. That is important, but not why this combination is important it's just useful to have willpower special attack power top dial 10 attack says our power is a sacred honor slate can use barrier when he does after actions resolve 
He may use Pulse Wave as a free action as if he occupied the same square as one of the placed markers. This is amazing. If you don't initially understand why that is absolutely amazing, <laughs> I will explain. You can basically, six range away, plop down a barrier, barrier in an opponent, and then immediately Pulse Wave them. His base damage is two, which is not great. However, it is six range, so if you put one of those barrier markers down, you can Pulse Wave out three from there, and you can hit multiple opponents uh, basically nine squares away from where Slate is. It's fantastic. You can also, even if you're... Um, even if you are based by an opponent, there are ways that you can place your barrier marker so that you can pulse wave from right there. Because it does say when he does, after action is resolved, he may use pulse wave. It does not say that he has pulse wave. Okay, So you have to barrier before you can pulse wave if he's based. So when this would come in handy is when they have combat reflexes. He or I guess any real reducer, or any uh, defensive ability, obviously. He does have exploited weakness, but I had found, just because I've played this piece so many times, that the vast majority of the time you will pulse wave with this character. So, it's already an amazing character. I've said that multiple times. That's for three clicks on the top of his dial, and then he goes into three clicks of what is clearly him turning into a close combat character. Charge, Blades... 15 attack, with which is blank, and then battle fury, so that's kind of cool. But you are only getting 6 clicks for 75 points. I do highly recommend keep this character back as many times as you want. Fun thing you can do, give him a sniper rifle. Jeez, and then this you guy. can do that from 10 squares away, which is also something I've done many, many times. <laughs> okay, so there's that. Let's move on. What does Slate work with? Let's go to TMNT, General Trog. General Trog's 95 points. Top dial has some charge, 11 attack, 6 range. 11 attacks with a special attack power. I'm going to get into that. Uh, the other two things are, one is important, is leadership. So because they share the keyword, that is cool. He's also more points anyway, so it wouldn't matter. But leadership is useful, and he's got a reducer of your impervious. He does have a special attack power, which is a really dumb name, but it's really useful. Rockalyzer Ray. Free. Choose an opposing character within range and line of fire. If that character is adjacent to a piece of blocking terrain, hint, hint, barrier is blocking terrain. Make no. A close, make a close attack targeting it regardless of adjacency, modifying attack and damage by plus one. So, what Eric is saying is that you take your slate, you can use your barrier, you pulse wave from the barrier, uh, and then immediately free action from General Trog to give him 12 attack, 4 damage, to punch somebody in the face from the next to the barrier, and then he also has uh, the ability to charge in because that is a free attack. There's also ways, if you position it right, that you can continue to use Pulse Wave with Slate turn after turn while not hitting General Trog while still being able to uh, punch them in the face. But it, it requires some really, like, depending on your terrain, what's on the map, and how you use your barrier and stuff. Uh, what I have found it, with, with Slate is super 
easy to do this. If you are in any of the maps that have like a, a two square wide like hallway, um, do not do not put your your squares of your barrier in a uh, square formation like two by two. Put them offset like that weird Tetris piece. So two squares and then one square beside the top square and one above that. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, it allows you to get a bigger spread for your pulse wave. So that's probably the best way to do that. Uh, it is so good. You can do so many things with that. Uh, they did rule, and Eric did mention this, they did rule that you can use enhancement from Slate from his pulse wave. Which huh. is weird. So, so, okay, so, yeah, you can enhance him because he's... Oh, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, because you're right. standing back... And you're enhancing him, but he's using Pulse Wave as if he were in that square, which is weird. But they did say that you can do that. So you can single target Pulse Wave for five if you want. But you're going to have to have three enhancements to do it. So, all in all, um, you're going to look at Pulse Wave for two, followed by an attack for four, followed by an attack for three. So together, this is 170 points. Um, it does do quite a bit of damage. It is really interesting for like a, a soldier theme team, uh, especially because there is not a lot of soldiers that pump out a barrier. So if you need that, then you have that as an option. I do want to uh, read something that he said from the bottom of his email just because I thought this was super funny. Um, uh, they are absolutely hidden gems in my eyes. Uh, you've already used Fool's Gold for something relatively unimpressive, which I want to talk about. Oh, no. Get into it. Uh, yeah, no, so let's let's go ahead and label this some Fool's Gold, uh, as we affectionately have. But he said, I would absolutely like to name Slate as uh, the level of gem rarity as Pyrite. Uh, according to Wikipedia, in ancient Roman times, this name was applied to several types of stone that would create sparks when struck against steel. Sounds like the perfect gem for someone who essentially makes fire from rock. As for Trog, I'm calling him Onyx. If for no other reason, then the heavy emphasis on rocks would make him the perfect member of Brock's Pokemon gem. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, I really do appreciate you putting this work into this. I'm glad that that worked I have out never heard you. of this pyrite. Sounds like the devil's magic. Rocks cannot <laughs> make fire. Get out of here. Uh good stuff is there is there a piece named flint in this game that i can use dude i have no idea there might be right there's some weird dc figures okay, out there so there's no flint uh -huh. but i do know a character named flint marco so maybe we can do something with that in the future maybe that's fortunate you can make it happen yeah if one of them if one of them doesn't suck so all right there's that um citizen air caves thank you very much uh that that was a good one and we do encourage anybody out there, if you do have, like, some little wonky combo like that that you do want to send into the show like Eric did, uh, more than welcome to send it into the show. You can add it into the subdivision of hidden gems known as Fool's Gold. So another little thing to help you guys with your game. We did get uh, a, a wonderful message from another one of our listeners. And this is from John Carl. He said that he got the chance to uh, – he's retroactively calling it Fool's Gold because we hadn't come up with the term Fool's Gold yet. Uh, but we did mention this as a hidden gem quite a few episodes ago, the combination of Mantis and Angela. Oh, yeah. 
where you could do like four attacks in a turn with Angela or whatever dumb crap we came up with then. Uh, he did write in and said that he played a, a theme team, which is clearly a Guardians of the Galaxy theme team, with Rocket Raccoon. And um, he said it, it did wonders for him. Not those words verbatim, but he did pretty well. And uh, apparently his rocket was on fire. So that's always really helpful when your other pieces nice. are doing just as well as your Fool's Gold combination. So uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, if you guys try out any of these and you want to send in, like, this didn't work. Yeah, you can do that, too. Now, on to what I wanted to complain about, <laughs> Mr. Caves. All right? You find me a bunch of other, what was it, 41-point pieces out there that can shoot 12 attack for 5 damage? Yeah, okay. And it was only 117 points, and yours was 170 points. I think mine was way more cost-efficient. This guy. I had to, I, I got to fight back, man. I got to fight back. I don't get to play hero clicks anymore. This is all I've got. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Fine. Fine. <laughs> okay, that's all I have there. Do you want to move on to the community? Let's do it. There are dozens of us. Dozens! As always, on Tuesdays, we like to put a Community Tuesdays question up on Facebook and on Twitter. This week's Community Tuesdays question was, I think it was a little bit maybe on the on the downer side, I guess? It was. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't mean it to be that way. I just, I was like, How maybe... dare you, Chris? Well, I'm it's really a downer. I don't think so. Some people had some really positive answers, so uh, let's let's focus on those, and but we'll also go through the other ones, okay? The question was, have you ever experienced HeroClix burnout, and what did you do, or uh, what, did you, what did or do you do to combat it? Are HeroClix hiatuses necessary? Do you want to start us out on Facebook? Uh, how about you start us out, and then I can tell a funny story. Okay, yeah, sure. We have, uh, I, ooh, ooh, uh, I, think his, I think his title changed. Last. Yeah, it is. Vigilante Collectible said, I've had to uh, um, dial back how much I play once we had a baby. Boo, by the way, boo. Terrible hey, joke. Hey, but I'm... I have monopolies on terrible jokes in these parts. <laughs> just kidding. Actually, Eric Case put, like, multiple puns in his email. Those are just as bad as the crap I say. Like all the <laughs> uh, He said, I played one or two nights a week. Now down to monthly, but the kid is worth it, I guess. So, um, I, I guess he's on a hiatus, but only because of the kid. But that's understandable. Darn kids. So, on Facebook, we have no answers, and I'll explain why. I accidentally posted it twice, and then I deleted it twice, and I just realized that right now. So... <laughs> Man, you are so good at this. So for anybody, I was like scrolling, I'm like, what would it be? It would be uh, the 13th, right? Okay, the 12th, I posted the podcast. The 15th, I, oh no, wait, wait a second, scrolling. There's this void, so there's this hero clicks void. Uh, so I'm going to take that as everybody on Facebook has never gotten tired of playing hero clicks, and there you can totally play it until they die. Good job, guys. Yeah, good job, guys. Slow golf clap. Calder, have you ever experienced HeroClix burnout? Uh, so I myself, I haven't, because I've never experienced a steady stream of play. I guess that's my excuse. I've only recently started playing about every week or going on big tournaments, 
you know, every month or so. So I haven't exactly been, you know, playing hero clicks all that much. Like I know it's it's a shocker, wow. But I do go to a lot of tournaments and I'm I'm okay at hero clicks. But before that, I played once every three months against other people. That's not like myself or some friend online. So I've never like experienced burnout, uh, oddly enough, for playing it for five years in a way. Uh, there are definitely people that have been playing from the beginning that have never experienced burnout. I, however, I, I mean, I've been playing since I think Explosion. I have experienced burnout multiple times, but, but not in a way that you might think. Here's how this goes for me. I find a group to play with, and then slowly but surely people drop out of the groups to the point where I'm basically the only person left, and then I'm forced to go on a hiatus because I think I mentally go, well, you didn't no take one else hit, wants huh? to play. What? What'd you say? I'm just saying, uh, it's very, very interesting that uh, once you join a group, everybody leaves. Yeah, mm. I know. It's like, uh, it's a thing. Everyone hates me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I sit and cry at night by myself. Oh, no. It's NBD, guys. NBD. Uh, but, no, I... I think I mentally talk myself out of the game because I look at other people having also left the game, and then I just go, well, if nobody else wants to play the game, then I'm going to stop playing the game. And then a few years later, I will, I'll just pick up the game again all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah, let's get into this. Let's buy a bunch of pieces. Let's find a new play group. And then it will have, like, resurfaced somewhere, and I'll find, like, a new group. And that happens. So that's my personal thing. So it's not like I, I want to just – there's never a time where I just want to, like, I'm done playing Heroclix. I hate this game. I never hate this game. I love this game a lot. It's just I run out of people to play with. And that's that's when the waterfalls of tears I come in. I will remember you. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. All right. We will go. Uh, we'll run through these answers on Twitter since someone doesn't have any answers. Uh, we have Elf Party said an overload of sets along with so many Batman slash Avengers pieces kind of dull the game i try and play silver age to break out of the funk find cool interactions with pieces i used to love and then uh linked a picture of scarlet witch from age of ultron i'm not really sure why i guess that's just a piece that elf party loves also this handle looks really familiar to me is this is this kirby ronnie i can't tell i'm not really sure i don't know who elf party is uh we have super double super fan and super villain seth aaron said uh Currently in one, haven't played in months, too many sets to try to keep up with, and not enough money to support it. Played for two years straight, but a little burnt out on it, which is really sad. It is sad. So, so hopefully the next the next answer is happier. Josh Parker said, I wish I was able to play enough to get burned out on it. Having two kids and living over an hour from our regular gaming group makes it hard to play weekly. Sounds like he's kind of in the same thing. Yeah, I can, yeah, I see that, man. I feel you. Yeah. Um, we have Citizen Ben Jones. Ben Jones, Citizen? Yeah. Uh, probably not Burnout, but go through peaks and troves. Troughs. <laughs> Tro troves. Whatever that word is. I try to play a game every week, and we'll have times where I love building teams and have teams set for a month. When I'm not feeling it, I usually build on the spot. Poorly. <laughs> 
Super fan, the ruffian, little plastic superheroes, said it happens. Making the team weekly team builds to follow a certain theme has been keeping things interesting for me and keeps me from playing the same pieces over and over again. Uh, Citizen Tiamu said, haven't burnt out of hero clicks, but to me it's just something that happens with any hobby at some point in the long run. Taking a break is healthy every now and then. Changing things up from the tournament to sealed casual scenarios can help reinvigorate interest. I do 100% agree with that. Um, that is that is one of my number one thoughts about taking hiatuses from any hobby is just you'll pick it up again probably if you really loved it that much. If you were lukewarm about anything, you probably won't come back to it. But there's so many things like so many hobbies that I personally have always just – I will come back to because I love them. For example, like I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, I went back and I played all of the Bethesda um, game starting with Oblivion from beginning to end Wow! Uh, in, chron- in chronological order because I just loved them so much. So it's like – and I haven't touched them in forever, but I, I assume that sometime in the future I'll probably pick them up again. So it's healthy. I think it's mentally healthy. Um, Jedi Legend said, "Nope, I know not which of you. Sp- I know not of which you speak. I've played regularly since Infinity Challenge, Dawn of Clicks. Having never really got into meta or the competitive side, I've been able to enjoy it consistently. Let's talk about that real quick. Calder, do you think that there is a difference between whether w- someone would need to take a hiatus from HeroClix based off of whether they were a competitive player or whether they're just a really casual player? Uh, so." Okay, so he kind of says, like, since I've never played competitive, he never really felt the need to stop and slow down. Uh, I, I like playing competitive just for the reason that it makes you think harder. So, yeah, competitive is more taxing, right? You're trying to keep, what is my opponent going to play? Just as much as you have to think about what you're going to play, you have to think about every single, like, option and possibility of what your opponent is going to play. You know, when I played on Sunday, every single team was different. No two were the same like in the slightest, you know, they all had different strategies. They all had different things they did that all made them effective against other certain teams. So you got to think once you play or start trying to play more competitive, you think about more than just, I want to play Captain America with Iron Man. And then I'm going to go see if I can put Jane Foster on the team. And that's a pretty all right team. They got two attackers and they got some support, you know, instead you think of like just so many other things, right? And competitive is, is more than just sitting down and playing for, well, for me, it's, there's a lot of travel, right? I had to go way out of state, so I totally see where if somebody was doing, like what I just did this weekend, went to two different states. So I went to Missouri, then I went to Nebraska, and then I went back home to South Dakota. If you were doing that every single weekend, playing in two tournaments, I, like, I would totally get burnt out. I can see getting burnt out on competitive being a totally plausible thing, for sure, because there's so much more to keep up with, I would say. I feel like it's just so much more lax when you aren't playing competitive. I, I personally, I think I've really just made that conscious decision that I don't like meta. Right. And over just over the last couple of years, I've really solidified that opinion. Because do you remember when we went to Origins and we spent like two hours going through the entire – if there's somebody – well, if there's super meta people out there that actually still listen to this podcast – um, they're going to be like, only two hours? Are you serious? Um, but usually I think most people that listen to us are more of the casual variety. But right. we spent two years or two hours going through every single dial and trying to memorize everything for Infinity. So the next morning when we showed up and we were playing in Battle Royales, we thought that we might have an edge, which it did work out for me. I mean, I walked away with two lockjaws. Right. So clearly it was useful to do that. But. 
I can't imagine wanting to do that for every single set, for every single like sit down and you're like, time to study. Like so that was that, insane. It just feels like, like work. Every time I look back on that, it's like we did that before we were 100% that we were going to compete in teams. And obviously that information is amazing in teams. But, like, we sat down and we're like, we just wanted to be good at battle royales. We're like, let's study. And it works way better for Chris because he uh, <laughs> he probably, I guess he paid more attention. If you know, I did not walk away with two lock jaws. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just... I mean, seriously, we went through every single piece. We did. No, we did. We, we, we out loud, we're, we're like, what is good about this piece? What is bad about this piece? On click number three, it does this. Remember that this dips here. Remember that this goes up here. Do not hit this piece onto click number six. Like, we were going through every single one. Even the Colossals were like, oh, God. It, even that one night of doing that just seems too much. It, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy, but it it for sure gave us an edge in both teams and uh, and battle royales. Which well, not teams. No. Oh we well, for well for teams. me, like the first couple of matches, I was like, oh, I know exact like his exact like length of clicks, and I knew I was going against that one dude who had the gem. I don't know if his name's like Maxim or something, and I just I knew he got god clicks towards the end. So I made sure to one shot him and stuff. Like that was the figure I was talking about when I was like, "Don't hit yeah, this figure on the click exactly. number." I was like, like I feel like it's still burnt into my head. Like I know what it does. Don't you know? Don't fall for that. But and now we play like zero Avengers Infinity. Yeah, yeah. Although the set's really good. That's it is. Not, it is. Well, uh, let's go back to the last answer for the Community Tuesday's question from Jason Levine. Said, "With all the sets coming out, sometimes I think players do need a break." You know, that's that's probably a really neutral thing to end on, you know. Sometimes people just need breaks. Um, also, if there's anybody out there that lost a, a player in your play group, you know, it, it doesn't mean they're gone forever. They could come back. Maybe reach out to them just be like, hey, are you just, like, on a burnout or what happened? They might come back, you know. I would say it's about building that community where you play and making people feel like they can come back because you're friends rather than just come back to play HeroClix. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I totally see that. So, yeah. I mean, this and this goes for beyond HeroClix. Any game that I've ever played, whether it has been Magic or whatever, my most favorite experiences were just hanging out with the people. And uh, if you found a really good play group, you kept going back because you, you like the people. 100%. You know? <laughs> and I think that'd be a, that's a great tip for trying not to get burnt out is if you find a solid group of players, if you like just hanging out with the people you play with, you're not going to get tired of the game that you're playing. I mean, at least I wouldn't imagine that you would. So it's, that might be a fun tip, you know? That's true. And a lot of people will actually go out after they get done playing Hero Clicks and still hang out after they're Yeah, go get something to eat or, you know, something. Yeah. Always super fun to do that. That way you can you can you can talk about things that are not HeroClix related. Actually, a lot of the times I've done that, it's ended up being HeroClix related anyway. But at least it was fun. At least you know, drank some beer and had fun while we were hanging out. Yeah, exactly. So okay, all right. Well, let's move on. Unless you don't have anything else to say, do you? I, I'm good. I'm A-okay. all right. HeroClix tip of the week. Help you, I can. Take you to your destination. I will. You may have heard this name. His name's Jedi Legend. Uh, he comes with our weekly Hero Clicks Tip of the Week set. Although the map edge is... Oh, wait. No. Oh, man. I clicked on the wrong one. Uh, 
We're having to do a technical difficulty. Here we go. He said, uh, can't hit your opponent? Tired of being mentally suggestible? Embrace the rage! Battle Fury can now ignore shape change and mind control. And then he said, ta-da. I'm just... Ta-da. <laughs> okay. Um, th this is one of the ones that I did remember, so... Did they remove incapacitate from Battle Fury? Like, you can't be incapped? I thought that was a thing for a while. Or is that different now? Not that... Oh. I, I think it's still a thing. Okay. I don't know. I don't have a pack because I didn't manage to get my hands on the new Batman animated series uh, starter set. But one lucky listener did. Yeah, but one lucky listener did, and I sent you my only one. So, yeah, I don't even have an updated pack right now. But Oh, man. I don't even remember the last time I played Heroclix. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I guess I don't remember. I, I like that tip. Battle Fury is a power that seems kind of underrated and at all times kind of always useful, right? Like, it gets rid of your range, but, man, normally if you get Battle Fury, you didn't have range in the first place, so... It's not too bad. It is one of those powers that when you need it, it is so exceptionally good, and then the rest of the time, everyone forgets that it's a thing. Oh, I mean, it doesn't come right. up. If they don't have shape change and you have battle fury, and you run up and you're like, okay, well, this power is absolutely useless. Yep. But, I mean, if they have shape change, you're really happy that you have battle fury. <laughs> so, that's a thing. But you didn't get me this week. Jedi Legend, you didn't give me this. <laughs> Maybe next week. Uh, if there is a listener out there that did not know that, I'm glad you do now. All right. I think we have some questions from our man from Japan, Malcolm Rush. By the way, Malcolm, have we ever, have we done you wrong recently, man? We'll, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. We'll get your questions eventually. We, just, we have a process. We've got to make it through mentally. So don't worry. But... And also, this week, because of the content of the questions, I changed the music temporarily because I just wanted to play this. Interesting. If there's a place you gotta go, I'm the one you need to know. I'm the map. I'm the map, I'm the map. If there's a place you gotta get, I can get you there, I bet. I'm the map. Wait for the drop. I'm the map. I figured you'd like that. Oh, like that was awesome. No, that I have was this beautiful. Weird thing. I have this weird thing where I can find children's songs, but put to remixes. Oh, my gosh. This is... I don't, uh, do you remember Baby Einstein? Dude, okay, that's that exactly remix? what I was thinking. I was like, man, you, you guys think this is funny. Like, oh, we're going to talk about maps. But try building a team to, like, one, two, three, four, <laughs> go in on it. I'm like, no! It was so... <laughs> That music was so not helpful at all. Ugh. I mean, like, oh, it's hilarious, of course, but man. Ugh. Maps, Chris. Some yeah. Somehow I knew. I, I thought it was going to be like, we need a map, like Dora the Explorer. So, Malcolm. I mean, that was Dora the Explorer. Oh, is it? Oh, remakes. Yeah. That's so bad. So, Malcolm Rush, the man from Japan, sends us. Okay, so this is, this is all obviously subjective answers, as they always are. Best and worst of the maps. So, like, let's do, like, a best one and a worst one. Chris? 
I want you to know before I answer these, I, I did take some time to study my box o maps that I have. That's correct. It's not even with an F in there. It's box o maps. I lay them all out on my floor. I I'm gonna take a picture and put this on Twitter so people will understand that I actually did this. I have so many favorite maps. It's not even fair because I've played so many games of HeroClix on these, like a lot of the same maps. I found maps that I really, really, really loved, and I just keep using them again and again and again. So if I had to pick any one map that is my favorite map probably of all time, we need to go back a really long ways to the Infinity Challenge starter set. When it came out, they had maps that were four-person maps. They're like... I don't even know, 36 squares on each side. Like, it looks like a square, not a rectangle, like modern maps. There's one map, and I'm pretty sure it is labeled Indoor Map A. <laughs> it's super, super descriptive. Wow. And what it is, is this wonderful indoor map that has so many walls. It is clearly like an office building. And it has so many walls in so many random directions. And in no way, shape, or form is it symmetrical like most maps are oh, made no. today. Or at least they're pseudo-symmetrical. You can see where they tried to be symmetrical. No, this one didn't care. This one was like, we're putting walls wherever we want walls. I have had so many four-person Battle Royale games on this map that have been so fun because it will have... So many characters in these, like, little cubic areas. They will have characters from wall to wall, all bunched up, beating each other down. Like, there is not one square that was actually open in many of these games. Because the way the map works, it just kind of funnels you into areas where you have to go in order to do things. I love it. It is such a hindrance for ranged characters. You can't really do much with ranged characters on this map. So, if you know, every time I played this map, you know, you're bringing in back in the day, it was stuff like the Juggernaut. You know, couldn't really bust down walls the way you can with modern Juggernauts or anything. But if you use this this map with newer characters, it makes it even more dumb because you have people that are just running through walls like Kurth and just destroying stuff. Anyway, I just love four sided square maps more so than these rectangular maps just because I'm more of like a battle royal tap player. Okay. Nice. Uh, my favorite map uh, for sure of all time is uh, Avengers AVX, Avengers X-Men, Utopia West. I believe it was. I really like that map. I don't know why. It's got a nice beach. It's got a little bit of, a little bit of water. It's got some indoor elevated. I don't know if it's actually indoor. I don't think it's indoor, but it's just some elevated terrain. I really like it. It feels like a pretty good mix. Uh, the starting areas are both different. Uh, which is really funny, just funny to me, that normally it's there's a corner starting area and a corner starting area, or two side starting areas, but one's a side and one's a corner, which is really weird. Uh, but I really just like the map. I like the way it's built. It seems like just a really well-rounded out, like, Heroclix map, and I think that's kind of my go-to for, like, a friendly, like, casual game. Calder, that map, well, that and the other side of it like, were my option B. Oh, what? Oh, Flood of Wakanda was, oh, no. I'm dead serious. You know that the other side of it fits to it, right? Fits to it. Oh, no, Flood of Wakanda's terrible. That's a hard map to to use. Oh, no, 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 not, 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 not the one, Wakanda one. Oh, no. I'm talking about the AVX uh, Utopia. 
What's wrong? I don't, I don't understand. What's wrong? I'm talking about Utopia West. I don't know if there's a different one, but... I, I can't read it from here. It's seriously scrawled out on my floor right now. I can see Jeez. it. I'm talking about the actual island of Utopia. And then the other side of it, because it came in the two different starter okay, sets, right? Okay, what's the other side? What's this one? Is the other side of the island. It makes, if you put both of the maps together, it completes the oh, island picture. okay, nice. So you can play a four-person Battle Royale game on Utopia with this gigantic map when you put both of them together. I'm so curious why you don't like... Okay, I, I need to hear it out. Why do you... We're, like, that's it for my favorite best of maps. I need to, I need to hear why you're angry. Like, why, why is this map... No, 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 I love that. Oh, you love it? Okay, I thought you were going to say, like, that's my choice for least favorite map. Okay. No! No, I oh, love that thank, map. Thank goodness. I was, like, really worried there. Sorry, that was probably my fault. I could have been understood better, or I, I could have ex explained myself better. Let's move on to least favorite map, though. Do you want to you go first on this one? Least favorite? I have, I have a tie for two of the least favorite maps. It's a three-way tie. Let's do it. Let's do it out. One, Fear Itself Brazil, outside, Okay. is the is dumb. There's nothing to hide behind. I hate it. The other one is the Black Mercy uh, War of Light map for the exact same reason. There's, like, nothing to hide behind. There's so much if you are playing with special terrain, then it's okay-ish. But if you're not, it's all just clear terrain, so there's, there's nothing. It's, it's so boring. But possibly the worst map of all time for me. And it's because I never owned it, so I never brought it to the table. And every time I, every time I came to the table and somebody plopped that sucker down, I just happened to have. I, this is mostly just bad memories because I was just playing the wrong team at the wrong time. I had, what was the name of, was it Ranks? Was that the one that had like five elevations? It was one of the War of Light maps. I and don't know. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it had, like, five elevations, and every elevation was only, like, two or three squares wide, and then when it would go up, it was, like, a peak. So ele the, the middle of the map was elevation five, and it was so dumb if you did not have flyers or anybody with telekinesis. So you had to run all the way around this stupid, like, edge of a little cliff so you can make it to the top. So if you were in a timed game, your first, like, Four turns were you running up the side of this mountain. Oh, but also don't worry because your opponent who brought this map had a bunch of flyers right. always or leap and climb or improved movement. So I'm like running around with characters. I have to run up the side of the map, and I'm just like, this is a waste of time. So I've always hated that map. I thought it was dumb. For sure. Uh, like some, one of my least favorite maps, and it's just because I'm salty about uh, losing, is uh, the Penguin Lounge. Uh, I didn't get to go. I didn't. I never left like twenty. I never left like ten squares out of my starting area. Like I just couldn't. The penguins were in my way. I hate puffins. And now if I ever go to the zoo, well, I'm gonna get banned from that zoo. I tell you what, you heard it here first, folks. I'm I'm killing puffins. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna hide that fact. Uh, so yeah, I really I really just disliked that that map and not being able to move where I wanted to move. And it was like it was rough. Uh, a, a, another least favorite map is Flooded Wakanda because it's a water map and then. With walls in the way, it's really weird. It's really hard to play on, and it's tough. Uh, number two, it's that that first one was a two-part question. Like a lot of these are. The second 
second question is the easiest and hardest maps to use in the game. I well, I guess the hardest map is probably going to be the one I just mentioned. If you bring an incorrect team, I, that's one of the things about maps. You know, if you brought the wrong team, then it just sucks to play on. Um, here's here's a really fun map for you if you bring the right team. So it's really easy for you. Uh, Bioshock Infinite Outdoor. Uh, it's like a not a cathedral. It's like a grandstand, and there's a bunch of rows of chairs and stuff. If you bring a bunch of stealth characters, improved movement, flight, stuff like that, and your opponent doesn't, it's super funny because they get caught on chairs all the time when they're trying to run around chairs. <laughs> so I think that's funny. Uh, so for sure, probably the easiest map that I like to use is the Avengers Unity, like just outdoor. It's really simple. It's got a little bit of elevated, and like that's it. The rest of it's like clear. There's a little bit of blocking. Like There's a very obvious meet-in-the-middle part of it, and also if you want to do some bouncing around and whatever there's some elevated up top so i think it's really simple map and yet it's really enjoyable to play on that avengers unity rooftop i think it's great it's modern uh try to pick one up absolutely love it uh you said like a terrible i I realized i just went the wrong way uh but a terrible map to use like a really hard one that's actually just difficult to use is the uh limbo slash that volcano map so when someone stood in the center of the volcano, they would technically go into the limbo, which is on the flip side of the map. So which means is like if somebody actually activated that, you would have to flip the like take all your figures off the board, flip the entire map over, and then place everybody back in limbo. And I hated it. It was dumb. I have a, another one actually for that. Do you remember? This only applies if you're using the special rules. Do you remember Krakoa? Uh, probably not. No. So, Krakoa is a map where it's supposedly like you're on top of a living being, and it just kind of does what it wants. If you're using the special rules, you roll, and depending on what you roll, certain things uh, happen on the map. There's, like, special terrain where if you're inside of it, it'll just randomly do damage to you. If you roll correctly, it'll, it'll like, allow you to make ranged attacks for free and stuff like that from from certain squares and stuff like that if i if i remember correctly anyway the thing about what's hard about it is you cannot bank on rolling well so what's going to happen if you are playing with that is, is this has got to be just a for funsies game because you can't you can't take it seriously if you roll incorrectly you just keep screwing yourself, especially if you have characters that have stealth. You put them in the stealth slash special terrain. You roll incorrectly. Now they just took damage. Also, they just got pushed out of the special terrain, according to the rules. So That's if rough. I'm, it, yeah, if I'm remembering that correctly. So it's super hard to use. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, another one that's hard to use is Danger Street. Uh, Danger Street is just an annoying map to use. It's so weird. Uh, which pops out to number three. Uh, when you pick out maps, what key things do you look for, Chris? Uh, you know, I, I just generally try to go indoors most of the time. I don't... I like when you barrier stuff, it just goes up to the ceiling, and you know, so it makes the rules understandable. I also don't like a bunch of maps with tons of different elevations. So if you have, like... Only two elevations on a map is just really easy, and you don't have rules questions or anything like that, or anybody try to argue with you, like, oh, you're on elevation three. You can't see someone on an elevation one. 
and things like that. So, because those rules are kind of convoluted and they've changed over time. And I'll be honest, I don't even remember what they are at this point huh. because they've changed. So I, whatever. And it changes if you're talking about like giant characters and if you can hit a giant character, even though you, the giant character is on elevation one and you're on an adjacent square, but it's elevation three, which is a an option on some maps. So indoor maps and maps without elevation. I just anything past that, just I'm okay with it. So I really, I really just like when I look for a map, especially if it's just for fun. Obviously, if I'm looking for a competitive one, I might be like, I want one with a ton of blocking because my team ignores blocking or like they can teleport and then teleport back or like a regent can totally ignore it for line of fire. So I might want to choose a blocking map for stuff like that. But uh, for more just fun, casual map, I like to choose maps where every character's ability can be useful. So I like a map with that maybe has like a section that's indoors and maybe a section that's outdoors that also has plenty of hindering around to hide and stealth and then some blocking and some elevated. Because I feel it feels weird when it's like, ah, I'm a flyer. Uh, it's an indoor map. doesn't matter. You know, maybe you can ignore the, the hindering or... You know, I've got the swim ability. Like, well, there's no water. Deal with it, Namor. You're walking around. Quit trying to be an idiot, you know? So, like, I, I that's why I really like Utopia West is because it has water. It has elevated. It's got a little bit of blocking, you know? It's, it's just a really nice map. That's kind of what I look for. Uh, number four. Sometimes maps have special rules. Which one of these maps, the special rules, do you like or don't like to use? I really like the moon. Who has the moon work uh, there? Uh, I think when you hit people, it just does like knockback. Oh, damage nice! Because it's supposed to like represent no low gravity, gravity and stuff. Gravity, gravity. Um, I like the maps where they have special rules. Where if there is, uh, if if the map itself is representing an object that's like really high in the air, and then there's squares off the side of it that if you enter it it's like you are falling and then you take falling damage so things like the helicarrier um has that or um what's the name of that blimp thing from bioshock infinite also has one of those i'm pretty sure so that i always thought that was funny if, if nothing else for the flavor of it um i also really like this is just a really fun little combo the pacific ocean how okay. the whole map is, is water. So if you are building a team that actually has all dolphin symbol things and your opponent does not, that's really funny. Also, I just want to point out that Summon Skull is ridiculous on that map. He's nuts. Yeah, he can shoot through the water. It's dumb. So dumb. I, I, uh, I brought up this trait just so if anybody isn't they're like, what? What is he talking about? Uh, trait says summon skull can use energy explosion when it is adjacent to or occupying water terrain which is the whole map it may target any character adjacent to or occupying water terrain with a range combat attack regardless of range and lines of fire you just sit in your starting zone snipe people from across the map it's hilariously funny that's so bad that's so bad i think dennis egeo was never modern <laughs> that, that's terrible all right uh, one of my favorite special rules is kind of like what Chris said, is throwing people, like, out of a plane. It feels great. I, I really like the Uru Forge map, because when you get thrown into the Uru Forge, just like when Iron Man jumped in it in Fear Itself, he got a new armor and stuff, and he made all the weapons better. So when you are in the Uru Forge, you get Delta Unavoidable, but you get a token, and you get, like, you modify your stats. Like, I think your attack value plus one, which is really cool. Uh, 
And I love maps where you can damage an opposing character by using telekinesis. Uh, the reason, I like, there was a little while there, whenever I was, I knew I was going to go and play, uh, I knew there was always this guy, and this was 2013, and he always played, like 2013-2014, he always played that absorbing man who could only be dealt damage if you hit, like, his defense, or, like, the damage you were going to deal perfectly on the 1d6, right? So... Yeah. I'm going to deal you three damage. Well, let's see. And if you roll a three, you would deal him three. Most of the time, yeah, I was kind of touch and go, right? And, like, what I would do is I would just be like, okay, uh, TK. He has, like, a 16 defense. Really easy to TK him. And I would just TK him into the Uru Forge or, like, off the map. <laughs> and I'm like, there's one unavoidable. Cool. Uh, in cap, in cap. You can't move. Another unavoidable. Like, that's that's, like, those are maps I was just packing all the time, just because I hated I hated playing against that guy. Number five, with the ROC maps are soon going to be allowed to use in WizKids events, which rock maps should or shouldn't WizKids allow to use in games? Ugh. This is all you, man. Okay. I don't know. So, like, I've got, like, a pretty good opinion on this. I really like the Let Them In. That's awesome. The Wakanda Infinity War map. I love it. Now that I can... Hopefully they allow it. Then I'm, I'm going to play that all the time. I absolutely love that map. It's awesome. Second, uh, there are a few maps that are terrible. The hedge map. Uh, if you ever seen the hedge map? It's really bad. Really, really, really bad. So think about... the. It's another ROC map. Um, what's it called? It's called the Underground Dungeon. Think about that, right? There are at least a few points in there where you can fit a Colossal or fit, like, a Blackbird. You know, it has a 2 by 4 Like, it has that space. All of the spaces on this hedge map are basically one by spaces. You can only fit single base character or peanut base characters in there sideways. It's so it's such a tight map. Uh, albeit it's outdoor blocking, so if you can fly, it's, you can fly. Great. If you cannot fly, so like if you are running overdrive and other stuff like that, uh, tough luck. You know, it's it's such a it's such a mind messing me up map. I really don't like it. Because uh, it's, it's just so tight. It's so crammed. And the only terrain is, like, blocking, and sometimes there's hindering. And it's like, great, so there's there's hindering. So now when I try to move past this incredibly narrow hallway, uh, I stop. Yay! That's what I want to do. So the hedge is, like, really, really, I think it can be really terrible for a lot of games. Uh, that existing in modern is terrifying. Uh, another one is I do like the Four Friends Forever gaming map, albeit... Uh, having outdoor walls uh, is a very much a first, and it's it's walls surrounding elevated terrain. So it just there's going to be so many rules questions. So I don't think WizKids is going to allow that one in because a it's something that I don't think's been done before on a WizKids map. So they don't want to have to. And they did just do a bunch of rules answers about elevated terrain. It's way too complicated to try to show you uh, over speech and not just be like. Here it is on a game board, which is why I didn't want to talk about it, because it's, albeit way too many, way too complicated. Uh, so I don't think the Four Friends map, albeit it's a hilarious map. It's it's really funny. Uh, credit to Scott Crampton for making just a ridiculous map. And uh, everybody on that team, Ed, Isaac, that dude with the man bun. I'm sorry if I forget your name. Don't kill me. Uh, but that map is just too complicated. I don't think Whiskers is going to let it in. Just period. So yeah, that's the ROC for you. I wanted to go back real quick because I forgot to say this. During the last question, which uh, special rules maps did I like? All of the War of Light maps that allow you to place the battery in basically the center or right off the center of the map, I think was so cool. So 
I really like the OLF one where you just like plop the green battery in front of this all green map. Nice. I thought that was. It just looks nice. Also, you know, the range of your power battery is based off of the click number that it was on. Right. So that really, really helps you if you are if you are the type of person that does get to play with special terrain and you did like using the batteries and you were like. I, I didn't know this was a thing. You've got to get your associated map to go with your colored battery. Is it? Of it's course. Awesome. That is actually going to sound really cool. Number six. This would be a pretty easy one. Uh, which do you like better, indoor or outdoor? Why? Indoor. I already explained it. I like outdoor. Kind of touched on that. I like, you know, if you want to fly, you can fly. I like just the mix of stuff. Uh, number seven, which is the very last question. It's going to be fun. If you can suggest to WizKids to make any map, what would it be and why? So I would really like them to remake some of the older maps just so they're modern or at least updated versions of the maps. I would really like to see the original maps remade with better art but the same terrain everywhere and the same walls and everything like that. Just none of them had the lines for everything you know that that wasn't a thing when the game first started so there's no green lines for hindering terrain there's no blue lines for water it's just you kind of guessed on what it was at the time so updated versions of those would all be great i'd also like to see updated versions of stark's tower uh the uh, the baxter building would be great probably a new cool negative zone and then also Brand new maps that I don't think that they've ever made, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's n I don't think there's a database out there for maps, although you think that there would be on, on HC Realms, like an area where you could click and just like look at maps, which would be an amazing thing, but it's not available. Um, because of Ant-Man, the Ant-Man movies, and going into, you know, the microverse. Oh, right. Uh, I, would, I would like to see a cool microverse map. The Quantum Realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, so that would be that, – that would be me. I'd like to see all those remade. Uh, the Batcave, I'd like to see that remade. Um, nice. Yeah. Batcave. So uh, the new set, Secret Wars Battleworld, got me thinking. I really would like a Western, like, Main Street-style map. So we do have the High Noon Saloon, uh, thanks to Elseworlds. But, you know, like, that's a bar fight map. I want a, you know, when you're actually at high noon, you meet in the street, you know. So I would like a, kind of like a, you know, with the little houses on the side that say, you know, Miracle Tonic. And there's the, the whatever, the, whatever, the mortician. And then the city hall and stuff like that, like, at the end of the street would be really cool. I would do, like, a, an outdoor western map, which will stand off map. Now, on the flip side... Uh, like, you know, 1872, would be the zombie inside the wall map. I think it would be really cool. So there was Ultron drones and zombies and the Annihilation Wave were all inside there. So kind of like a really messed up and sort of leafy, grassy place. And you could also have one side be like the edge of the wall. Like, that'd be, I think it'd be a really sweet map. Uh, that, that's pretty much what I have, just because Secret Wars was on the mind. A couple things I just realized. S since we don't actually have a database full of maps, there's so many maps that I guarantee you were made that I don't even know that they were made, but I'm sure there was a bat cave in the new animated series. Right? I mean, I don't know. Don't be so sure, because we got Penguin Lounge, we got a Joker hideout, uh, we got a shipping dock. Like, we got some maps that weren't exactly like Batman, you know, like a bat cave, or even a Wayne Well, there Manor. were four maps in the starter oh, set. Oh, that's right. That's right. 
So maybe wow. I probably one of them was I just don't know that it exists and have not seen it. Also, things that they might have made, but I have no idea if they made. Did they make the sewer from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? They did. That was part of. The, it would even had a little home place for them. It was part of the uh, that weird kit, the scenario kit. Okay. Yes, that's what the sewer was kind of attached to. Okay, that's really cool. Uh, maybe we could get an updated Danger Room. I don't remember the last time that was made. When's the last time we had a Milano? No idea. Uh, Milano was made. Uh, it was an ROC map that was made. It was the crashed Milano from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Which is a, but it was not the interior. No, it was not the interior. It's a hilarious map because like 90% of it's blocking terrain because the ship is just destroyed with scattered pieces of the gotcha. ship. So yeah, it's there is no interior. one where it's on the inside. I would dig that. I'd like it a lot. So, yeah. Okay. We don't have any more that's questions. That's it. That's Malcolm's questions, and that's all, as far as I can tell, for community. Okay. Well, I I think we sufficiently covered maps. We did it. We did maps. Uh, let me let me look over here real quick and see if I can give any honorable mentions to any maps. Oh, here's a really cool map. It came in the adventure kit. That's the with the 3D objects made back in like 2003 or something, 2002. Um, it is an outdoor map. It's a four-person map, one of the big squares, like I was talking about earlier. It is an outdoor map with indoor terrain in the middle. It is a house. You can go into the house. It's really funny on what I call boss battles. So if you have somebody using, like, Galactus, it looks like Galactus is demolishing a house. Oh, no. So, that's awesome. <laughs> that, that's kind of fun. I like that. And then... I do want to say that I, I also really hated uh, the Red Lantern um, map. For, well, it was dumb because there was like no – it was you needed flight to get across it because there's lava in the middle of it. And I can't remember what the special rules do other than put the Red Lantern battery. I didn't know if it made did lava damage to you too or something. It probably didn't. But that was dumb because you had to like – one at a time, go up these stupid ladders or whatever. That oh, okay. I didn't have yeah, that doesn't sound great. Not a fan. So, okay. Yeah, I think I'm done with maps then. Woo! We got past maps. What's next on the docket, ladies and gentlemen? I don't know. Maybe you should. Everyone should start sending Malcolm ideas for questions for him to ask. Or send us. their own questions if they <laughs> if they know how to send an email. It is 2018. I don't know what an email is anymore, but yeah, that yeah, that's true. All right, okay. I think uh, I think we capped off the We're show. Good. That's good. That sounds cool good to me. We made it. We made it to 232 episodes. Well, what a crazy landmark! Why didn't we have a uh, King Kong sized episode for 232? Why didn't we get you know eight different guests on? What is wrong with us? The, the only thing I got for that was this sound clip. <laughs> How neat is that? That's pretty neat. <laughs> I have a sound clip for today because it is the day before Thanksgiving, which also lands on. Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm for so so happy. That, by the oh way. yeah, you know I do what I can uh, for everybody. So if you want to see my it is Wednesday, my dudes, go ahead and go to Twitter. Uh, gotta go to Twitter. You gotta follow. You gotta, us. Right. If you don't follow us Twitter, that's pretty bad. But anyways, we're uh, stretching I'll, the show. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll say that all the things I gotta do. do it. Since we don't have any birthdays this week. Nobody let us know about. 
a player in your local venue, yourself, a loved one, somebody you want to give a nice shout-out to on the podcast. Let us know when their birthday is, whose birthday it is, and we'll give them a happy Arabian birthday. You can follow us on Twitter at DialH4HeroClicks. That is the number four if you've not already. Shame on you. Also, spread the good word of Dial H, not only through uh, through Twitter, but also through Facebook. Just search us out on Facebook, Dial H for Hero Clicks. And if you want to send an email like Citizen Eric Caves does, and I get emails from other listeners from time to time, that's going to be at Dial H for Hero Clicks at gmail.com. All right, I'm done. I got a little summary for everybody. As a reminder, Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Hero Clicks singles and seal products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Bye, guys. Happy trails. I like... My, 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 my style.